Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Well, let's go to the phones. And joining us, as he does every Saturday at this time, Mr. Nate Zelinsky. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing good. You didn't get to hear the end of that last segment, did you? United States. I recorded it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I gotta be care. I gotta be careful what I say. <laughs> hey, before we get talking about hunting, and there's so much of it going on and kicking off and taking right now, I saw a couple posts with a couple kiddos with their first doves. I'll tell you what, Terry, you know that I love dove hunting as much as about anything in life. My kids, since they've been one year old, have never missed an opener with me. You know, I mean, from literally in a car seat to a stroller to running around to upgrading to the BB gun. And this year they had shotguns of their own. Uh, It was so awesome. I left my shotgun in the truck. We focused on the kids. They each got their first doves and a handful of others. Uh, It was absolutely incredible. Oh, you know what? You just made a comment that I want to really, I don't want to let, let it go by. You left your shotgun in the trunk. I am so adamant about when I'm teaching, well, and especially fishing, but hunting too. Hunting can be a little different depending on the situation. But if you take the kids with you when you go fishing or you go hunting, it's never the same experience as if you take them fishing or take them hunting. And don't worry about yourself. Worry about them. Leave your equipment in the car and help them. It just, it's so rewarding and it works so much better. It was awesome. You know, we, uh, I mean, uh, we do a lot of stuff with youth. I feel like I have some experience going into it. So, you know, we loaded up on snacks. We had every snack and drink you could ever imagine. We kind of had a different play, you know, from how I normally would hunt them in more of the wooded areas and that really fast shooting. We did more of the water set to where we could see them coming from a distance. Uh, and we we kind of optimized the situation to help them, let the birds come in, uh, let them slow down a little bit, uh, you know, put it in a more safe environment. And we had such a good time. Well, you know, and dove hunting is such an incredible way to get youth started or anybody that hasn't hunted much. Dove hunting, you can do it with a lower gauge shotgun, get rid of some of the recoil. You don't have to do a lot of walking. Like you said, you can set up, the birds will come to you. It's just a perfect thing to get people introduced to hunting. In fact, our next segment with JR from Colorado Plays, we're going to talk a little bit about getting your gun ready for dove hunting. But let's get into some of the other. There's a lot going on out there, Nate. There is a lot going on. I do have to say one more thing about the dove. The, the, the space, the number one, first couple of doves came in the shot, and the kid turned around and goes, man, those are harder than the clay pigeons. They had this <laughs> awesome experience leading up to this shooting clays, and uh, they were like, that was harder. But then when they turn around off the shotgun and the smile on their face after they get one, uh, absolutely priceless. So, so it's awesome. But, uh, Terry, we do. We have a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, fall fishing now is in full swing, so that's exciting. But today is a big day. We have dove happening. And I think this year we have two really big outlooks on dove. Right now, pretty much statewide, we have got a ton of birds. So there are birds statewide. It's awesome. I think as we get our first big kind of cold front, 
I think we're going to lose some of our southern birds, but I think we're going to gain a lot of birds from the north. So I think this year more than ever, we're going to have a little bit of an extended dove season. So I'm really excited about that to get back out uh, and take advantage of that. Uh, on the other spin of things, we're starting off today opening archery uh, for deer and elk. And I have to say that this is probably one of the strongest starts of the elk season that we've seen in a long time. That full moon that fell on Wednesday has absolutely kicked off a rut situation. We were talking about on the radio show last week how it wasn't quite happening. Literally, I mean, like a, a freight train coming through Sunday, Monday, right after last week's show, all of a sudden, the bulls separated. The bulls started bugling, gathering cows. I saw multiple harems of up to 60 to 80 cows, even 100 in one situation. So all of a sudden, we got into full swing for that opener of that moon uh, on Wednesday, which led us to the opener of the archery season today, and these animals are still pretty run up. Now, with that, I want to encourage everybody. Don't get used to it. I do think that the first estrus phase of the cows hit uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. A handful of animals are still in it, but I do think they will come out of that. Our new moon comes up on the 14th of September, which is right in the middle of muzzleloader. But, uh, but I think right now I know a lot of bulls that have been, that have been harvested so far this morning. Um, I know that it is off to gangbusters. I talked to a lot of guys in camp last night on really active bugling bulls getting ready for today. Um, so I think we're really strong, but again, I would anticipate that kind of fading off a little bit and then really ramping up uh, in about 10 days from now. So that's kind of where we're at with that uh, for archery. And then obviously muzzleloader starts next weekend. Same thing. If you have limited time, the tail end of muzzleloader, the second weekend, is going to be that peak. That new moon's going to fall on Thursday the 14th, and I think you're going to see some pretty major estrus spikes that time, and I think you're going to have some major rut activity. And obviously a new moon uh, will somewhat slow them down just a hair at their nighttime activity and really boost the daytime activity. So if you're a muzzleloader going into this next season, I would really put emphasis on the second half and not so much the first half uh, on that season. And then same thing, archery is going to continue right through. But like always, I would hunt hard now and then, again, kind of take your time a little bit. So this year I'm predicting opening weekend being strong, middle of the season being really strong, and then we'll hit the third Estes phase, really almost on the last weekend, and that being strong. So I think there's going to be three major peaks uh, to the bugling rut activity in Colorado this year from what we've seen. Really spent a lot of time this week studying animals, watching behavior, and really getting kind of a, a grasp on everything. So that's kind of the prediction of where we're at. Um, and I know we're going to have a couple of questions, but I do have to jump on one other thing that we've had a lot of questions about, and I promised people I would talk about it on the air today. Last weekend, I was at Bass Pro Shops for the Fall Hunting Classic, and I had a lot of questions about muzzleloaders. We talk about this every year, Terry, so this is not a new conversation, but uh, I think it's something that we have to hit on. Everybody asks, what bullet powder combination should they be shooting? Obviously, we have to shoot that raw powder. We can't shoot powder pellets or, or anything like that. And obviously, we have to shoot a single straight-walled slug, uh, you know, no sort of sabot or anything like that. Um, so with that, you go to the average retailer, and you're going to have a lot of power belt bullets and then a handful of others. Um, there's a lot of good bullets out there. The biggest thing is matching your bullet to your powder. One of the biggest mistakes that the average muzzleloader does in Colorado is they take a, a softer power belt bullet or a softer bullet in general, whatever brand, but they take a softer bullet 
and they overpowder it, and they create a very high-velocity, hard-hitting round. But the problem is on a shoulder shot on an elk or a frontal shot, that bullet has so much velocity that it literally grenades on impact, causes a lot of kind of that flesh wound, but it's not devastating the vital organs, and we lose a lot of elk. So when you're doing your bullets, when you're practicing, when you're getting ready right now, I'm not saying you have to go buy more bullets. But if you have that ballistic tip type bullet, a softer bullet, I tone down my powder. So on my particular muzzle loader, if I am shooting a, a harder bullet, like a four, like a Hornady, on those I'm shooting 100 to 105 grains of powder. That gives me my best ballistic coefficiency. It gives me my best groups at distance, and that's my go-to. If I shoot a softer bullet, like a softer you know, green tip power belt, I step down to 85 to 90 grains of powder. That's going to allow that bullet to go in, penetrate that six, seven, eight inches, then expand and cause that devastation in the vital organs and allow me to have a cleaner harvest. So moral of the story, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy stuff, but when you're dialing in your rounds, if you're shooting a softer bullet, I highly suggest toning down that powder a little bit. If you're shooting a harder bullet, you can stick with that upper grains of that powder. But I promise you, there is more wounds in the muzzleloader season than almost all the other seasons combined. It blows my mind, even compared to the archery. Muzzleloaders don't bleed really well, so you usually don't have a great blood trail. Uh, and obviously, again, it, it hits the animal hard, but the overall devastation isn't as functional as you would think. So keep that in mind. You have a week to practice. Again, don't go out and buy stuff. Play with your powder ratio to that bullet. Get good groups. Uh, take that advice, and I promise you it's going to lead to a cleaner harvest in the woods and, and make you a more successful uh, muzzleloader hunter this coming fall. You know, that's a great point. And even coming up to rifle season, um, a lot of people, you know, they want the, the newest, quickest, best round. They want a new rifle. They, they, they try to they get all excited about the hype. But a lot of times your existing rifle if I like I did my later years when I was still hunting big game and hot six and an 08 or what I hunted with. I know there's a lot sexier rounds out there, but getting the right round, like you said, dialing in, like I, I did a lot of hunting in brush country. So I wanted a little bit slower, heavier bullet that wasn't going to deflect as well, but dialing in for your hunting conditions and the animal you're after is so, so much more critical than getting the new sexiest round. It's 100%, Terry. I mean, you have to be proficient with your weapon. I mean, accuracy, you want to make sure when it hits, it works. I agree 100%. I talked to people about that at Bass Pro this weekend. Everybody wanted the newer rounds, like the 6 millimeter, the PRCs, the, all of the latest and greatest. They were getting rid of the 270s, the 30 out 6s, all that. When in reality, keep your gun. Maybe upgrade your, uh, elect or your overall optics on the rifle. Maybe play with some new ammunition. But there's a lot of things that you can do uh, to be proficient and create that success out there. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is just make sure you're in tune with your gear uh, to perform your best when you're out there in the field. Uh, and that's going to overall help you with your win 100%. You made a great point. If I was going to overspend on a rifle cope, scope combination, I would overspend on the optics before I would overspend on the rifle. 100%. I would say that my ratio, not saying you have to do this, but I spend double the amount of the rifle on optics on almost all my firearms. At the end of the day, that's where I put my, my emphasis. I put it on a good base. 
put it on good rings so your entire mounting system is flawless so you can be in the bumpy truck be on the bumpy roads and count on that rifle staying accurate uh, I promise you at the end of the day the rifles are almost always uh, going to perform better through all the conditions than your optics will the optics are always going to be the weak link on the entire system again high-end rings high-end mounting plates make sure that the entire mounting system is flawless better optics uh, I promise you that will hands down increase your success every time you're in the woods Nate we have a short show today so we only have a minute or two left what would you like to cover to wrap it up you know, we're excited about it. So, again, fishing-wise, we have some awesome fishing. Um, a couple of things to think about. This coming Wednesday, September 6th, we are launching our Ice Addiction schedule. So, everybody that loves to come to Ice Addiction, this is our 10-year anniversary. We're excited to talk about it. Uh, so, coming up Wednesday, we'll be launching that schedule. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. Uh, also, we do have a lot of water and spinny. They're lowering the water, but I think we're going to have the best fall possible. I know I talked to some anglers last week that called me to book their trip and they were disappointed that I didn't have a lot of options for dates. If you want to get on what is probably the best trout fishing in the country is fishing those tubes in shallow water at spinning in later September and early October. If you want a date uh, book now, this is more of that public service. I don't want people mad at us. if We can't get them in. Uh, if you want to go on one of those epic spinning trips, Text us, email us, call us. Uh, we are filling up fast with anticipation of probably the best bite that we've had in many years coming up ahead of us. And I'm going to go talk to him about erasing that tape from last hour when I was talking about you. Oh, I got it. I got it locked in forever. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, thank you so much. Always you are a great contributor to the show. And this is a tough time of the year, my friend. It's tough to decide what to do. Holy cow, my busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. You cannot sleep this time of year, Terry. You can hear it in my voice, uh, a little under the weather. I am pushing the, the limits of time, night fishing, daytime scouting, uh, hunting, everything in between. So uh, we're going to forego sleep for about the next six weeks. Uh, take advantage, and we'll rest this uh, later fall. Yeah, uh, Make sure you get enough rest to take care of yourself, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> We'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. All right. Nate Flinsky, always, always a great, great uh, contributor to the show. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, uh, the folks from Colorado Clays are going to join us, and we are going to continue to talk getting ready for hunting right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.